Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins. Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to episode four of Dueling Dialogues. I'm Connor Murphy out here in my Pacific Northwest studio with Grace Matthews in her Springfield, Missouri studio. Hi, Grace. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. My yeah. youngest son started college today. Oh, wow. That's early in the year. Yeah, it is. But he set out for a couple of years. I was worried he wouldn't go back and he went back today. Oh, good for him. So this is a great milestone for us. Great to hear. It's the eclipse night day, I should say. Absolutely. I've got on my shirt. Oh, do my, you? My sun shirt. Yeah, we live by the sun. We feel by the moon. Awesome. Boy, is that true. Yes. Well, we it, it's been over here for uh, a while now, but it was an eerie morning. That's for sure. There was no wind, so everything was, was very quiet, and the shadows were just so dark. It was very eerie. Oh, it was here too, and I'm about 75 miles from totality, the totality zone of the eclipse, And uh, but it was, it was eerie, the birds quit chirping, and there were a lot of shadows, and my house got really dark, and outside I didn't notice it being so dark, but if you look at certain places, the shadows were, like you said, eerie. You know? dark, yeah. Yeah, and what does it mean? You know, is that just a cycle, or does it really mean something? Are, are we going to feel some sort of change? You know, um, the Jewish doctrine suggests that it's a bad omen for everyone. Hmm. The Christians believe that it might be the beginning of the tribulation, since we will actually have another one in seven years that will arc in a different direction, but be across the um, the North American continent. Who knows? Who knows? But maybe it could take some anger from some people. You think it could zap out some anger? Uh, we could only hope. Uh, today, that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Online hate, you know? And, you know, a question I keep asking myself as we go through our topics is, is it logical? You know, when you really feel emotion, shouldn't we just stop every now and then and say, is this story or is what I feel logical? You know, because some things just aren't logical. You know, the, there's no doubt that the nature of the Internet gives people the feeling of anonymity. That's not the first time that's been mentioned. From this disconnect, we have horrifying examples of bullying with teens and tweens, and many of them have resulted in suicide. And that's 
that's horrible. And um, the ones that haven't ended in that way are oftentimes seriously psychologically damaged. With the, that thought in mind, we have to pay particular notice to how adults are acting on the internet. What kind of example are they setting? Because hate on the internet is just another form of bullying. Um, children mimic adults. I mean, today we're pretty much focused on political hate on the internet. Um, but we have to remember that hate is an intense and a passionate dislike. To feel this kind of dislike when it is surely needs to be personally affected by the actions of another. And otherwise, one could surmise that your emotions and or your actions are misdirected. I think it's, it's important for us to basically clarify right now that we're not just talking about trolling. We're talking about possibly trollers on the internet that hate. Exactly, exactly. And I'm really concerned about these people that hate this much. I mean, when you, how many people can honestly claim that the current presidency has caused them personal direct pain? I mean, it, it would be really hard to believe that he could affect very many people when he can't get anything past their Congress. It would be hard to say that his presidency has resulted yet in decisions that personally affect these people's lives. Or is it just fear? And how deep is the fear? Seriously, if you were posting more than five articles a day that hate on the president of the United States or anyone else, you, you need to realize that you're miserable and that he or that other person is probably not the reason why. And perhaps you should look at trying to heal because it is really, I have people on my feed that sat there all day and post hate articles about the president of the United States. I'm not advocating for them to like him or love him. And I'm not a doctor, but this is destroying some of these people's lives. I have a friend that is, has a prominent career. The hate for the president has so destroyed his life that his adult son and wife have left for another state. He's making them miserable. I have another friend who has become, I don't know, pretty agoraphobic, does not leave the house, simply sits all day and posts hate about the president. I mean, it just, it goes on and on and on. This is intense anger. And I wonder if it's misdirected. Is there something else in your life that you could fix? Or has it just become an obsession? And, and again, Connor, I, I, I say, without passing legislation in the Congress or the Senate, is it reasonable to believe that 
the Trump presidency could profoundly impact anyone except for fabricated fear. I often joke on on social media when somebody posts something that, oh, there's a problem with this or a problem with that. I always just post, ah, it's Trudeau's fault. So we tend to (laughs) blame and point fingers a lot as people. I do it as a joke. I mean, everybody gets it and realizes that it's actually actually like a sarcastic statement saying we blame everything on on Trudeau, no matter if it's related or not. And, you know, it could be um, gas prices or something even that, you know, you're you're talking about. It's just some totally unrelated topic and we'll tend to blame it on on, you know, who's at the top. Yeah, and but don't most of the people that see you do this or don't they know you're joking? I mean, oh, yes. because for yes. a lot of people, this is not a joke. And, and, you know, this is what we do. We love politics. You and I love politics. We love writing about it. But it doesn't engulf our whole life. Right. I mean, when we get off of here or after we write an article or research an article, we go to other lives. We cook we eat we drink we have families we have friends you know um but if you are constantly on the internet posting hate i am very afraid that there is something much more problematic wrong and if you are creating groups built on hate how many of these people are are psychologically able to be an opposition group or be part of an opposition group. It's interesting you bring that up because I did find an article on Global News about white nationalist groups um, in Canada on the rise. Now, last week we talked about the, um, the Facebook page, Proper Gander Promotions, that we're, we're, they were going to do the anti-immigration rally in Vancouver. So what happened there is on the weekend, 4,000 people showed up to counter the rally that basically the rally didn't take place. Now, originally, these uh, news reports said there was a couple hundred that were, you know, supposed to show up for this anti-immigration rally from the group. And then later reports said that only eight accepted or approved that they would be going to that event. Um, now other reports this week said there was like 500 or something. And I looked actual at the, the group and there's only 186 members in the group. So I don't know where the media was getting some of these numbers. So are they sensationalizing the story? It sounds like sensationalizing to me, definitely. So I'd be very leery on looking at some of these numbers. I just, on my personal experience in, in the last three or four days, this it's not making sense to me. So I'm wondering whose rally was this really? Exactly. And, and, and we had a simpler, a, excuse me, a similar incident in Boston this weekend. The anti-rally people, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers, but they they far exceeded the original um, freedom of speech um, group that was supposed to show up. I mean, I don't I don't even think they had a hundred. Well, I mean, in, in but that, the anti had thousands. You know? In that global news story, I believe they said fourteen or fifteen thousand people estimated in Boston. 
So they even tied the two rallies together. Exactly. The antis, far outright, the pro, um, freedom of speech, uh, people that supposedly organized the um, the rally. And for the, um, I guess they apply for a license or to have a gathering. Most cities have that. Um, so it does seem like there's some sensationalizing going on. Um, you know, the media is a lot of times fueling situations because the their ratings were so fabulous during the election. If they don't keep this fire going, it's going to be a big letdown. So they keep throwing candy out there. And we, the people, keep grabbing. The ratings are still up from the election. You know? I mean, we're boycotting football and baseball and um, other shows. The only other thing that's doing really well is HDTV. So, you know, we're like redoing our houses and and freaking out over politics. And like I said, it's, it's enjoyable. But I do worry about sensationalizing, creating an issue that, you know, that is something similar to a civil war. You know, I mean, we don't want that to happen. And you've got the issue with the statues and and the the internet is just so different. I I, I found a article in Time magazine. Uh, the title is Why We're Losing the Internet to the Culture of Hate. This was written about a year ago by Joel Stein and he really explains this. It's, it's very clever. The Internet's personality has changed. Once it was a geek with lofty ideals about the free flow of information. Now if you need help improving your upload speeds, the web is eager to help you with technical details. But if you tell it you're struggling with depression, it will try to goad you into killing yourself. Psychologists call this the online disinhibition effect in which factors like anonymity, invisibility, a lack of authority, and not communicating in real-time strip away the mores society spent a millennia building. I think that is a perfect de definition of what's going on. And for many people that are psychologically well-balanced, this basically doesn't apply. You go to the internet to see what your family's doing, you look up stuff, you read articles, but there is a certain amount of the population that is so obsessed with the internet and the hate and spreading hate on the internet that, you know, we have a whole new set of IC9 codes. See, the uh, this is a recognized problem on the internet for sure. I mean, Google... Um, is is doing its best. As a matter of fact, The Hill put out an article uh, um, citing that uh, some hate speech uh, that Google found over... Um, um, it was a social media site, an alt alternate right social media site, and they've uh, suspended them. Um, also, other like Facebook, Twitter, and all other social media platforms have got their bots out there searching for... Uh, hate speech online 
Um, I know a few friends that have been suspended for supposed racial um, comments or hate speech. And during today's show, I spent about an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, maybe tops, um, Saturday afternoon. And I just took some little snips off of uh, my social media feed on Facebook and Twitter. So during today's show in the background, I'm just going to like put up some of these photos so that the viewers can see some of this. If you're listening to the audio version, you might want to head over to YouTube to check out the the video version of today's podcast because I'll be playing some of those little snips that I just found on a just on the random search on Twitter and Facebook. I think that's a great idea because education and uh, sometimes finding a problem really is the first step in making it better. And, and, you know, it's like alcoholism, you know, when someone, you can beg someone to quit drinking and you can create all of these scenarios, but until they want to, or until they can label it, you know, they're they're not going to change. So I, I am hoping that people start recognizing friends and family and start that are, are filled with hate. And, and, and not all of it is hate as in racial or um, it, is, it is pure, it's, it's hate for all kinds of reasons. Right. Whether it be political, um, gender, you name it. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You can hate on anything, you know. You can hate on ballerinas, I guess. I mean, I, I, you know, some of it is I don't understand. Well, what's interesting is that one country out there that has totally had enough with hate speech happens to be Germany. So they have some of the most strictest laws on hate speech and the highest fines out of anybody in the world right now. So they just recently enacted um, some hate laws there. And Gadget um, also did a reported that they recently raided 36 homes over social media hate. Oh, my goodness. You're so, kidding me. No. So they're definitely uh, exercising that new law. And so, does this include political hate? I mean, because, I mean, although I think it's impressive that they're trying to do something about hate, again, we're starting to trample on that free speech territory, and um, you would sure hate for them to curtail political opinion or even political hate that's not an obsession. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it, it's a very difficult issue, and I possibly think it's not necessarily a federal government problem. I mean, it may be a problem, but that's not who should come up with the solution. I think if we, the people, quit accepting it as okay— you know, for example, we unfriend these people. We quit giving them a platform. And I've never unfriended anybody in my life. So I'm I'm not really practicing what I'm preaching here. Yeah, but I, if we don't give them the platform, will they take a look and, and maybe experience some self-discovery? Because I suspect everybody that does this hates something else in their life. 
their job, their their significant other, um, they're 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 sick maybe with um, they have some physical ailment. Right. Um, so I think what you're trying to put a finger on here is that it's a type specific type of person that does this on social media, and it's usually the person that the the one that complains they have a headache or I got a cold and they need the attention. And um, the the people on your friends list that are really sick, they never post anything like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. These are people that are not getting out of the house. They don't have real corporal friends. They, they might have social media friends, but let's face it, as much as we love the Internet, and I know you love it, I mean, it doesn't take the place of, watching your hockey game with your buddies you know it it, it really just doesn't and um without having those real personal and impersonal relationships i think these people gravitate they're fearful and they spread hate I don't even necessarily think they're the people that are showing up at hate rallies and gatherings because I don't believe these people leave their house. Right. I that think often. You're, 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 you've got something there. Definitely. They're, they're likely not the ones that will show up at the rally that they, you know, they're. Yet they could be organizing out. it. Yeah. They could yeah. be organizing it. They could be fueling it and they could be very convincing but they're not necessarily there. In fact, I don't think they do much of anything in person. Well, if you really want your pulse on on hate reporting in America, Google's got a neat tool that um, they've got a project going on, and it basically is a reporting tool for how much, how many hate stories there are. You can search out by the week, by the day, and it'll display all of the titles out of news that have to do with with a hate crime. Absolutely. It is an incredible tool. I was doing a research project a few years ago for a court case, and I used that um, tool. It, it's amazing. You can really hone in on areas where there are, are um, where hate exists, but also specific types of hate. Yeah. You know, and the FBI has a huge file. And they, they use this tool and man this tool. You know, they watch these groups, they, these groups in these regions. Well, the thing I find very interesting about this tool is when you actually open up the calendar portion of this tool and you can see the red dots on the bottom. And the size of the dot is representative of how many hate uh, stories are in, in the news that, that day, that week. Um, so you can really start to see, and, and looking at the red dots, you almost see a pattern, and, and the hate seems to come in waves. If you look That's at the interesting. Red That's interesting. Yeah, it's incredibly interesting, actually. Yeah, I mean, but is it, there's hate a cycle? A yeah, it, it looks like... It, like um, the eclipse? <laughs> for instance, um, what we're looking at here is... There was a big cycle starting the week of February 5th, then April 9th, and then a huge rocket to a big 
bunch of hate stories on May 21st. And then it tails down again, and we see a boost on June 25th again. And we're seeing one. Now, what region are you looking at right now? I don't know. You you would have to drill down and, okay. and find. Okay. So if, if we pick the biggest one, which is uh, actually the biggest dot here is, is May. May 21st, actually, is the biggest date. So Richard Collins, Steve Urbanski, um, Jeremy Christian. Most of this is, is Muslim-oriented. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm not seeing any big correlation to any big stories, just the amount of stories. Okay, kind of like they sometimes uh, refer to the FBI, CIA sort of refers to chatter. Right. You know, they said before Barcelona... There was a lot of chatter, and they, of course, alerted the Spanish government. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's hard for them to know. Okay, there's chatter. We know something's coming, but if you don't know where it's at, <laughs> you know, it's very difficult. But they do talk about that as they do call that oftentimes chatter. So for the listeners, um, we'll make sure we leave a link to the Google tool. Um, the hate project in on the blog page when we post the podcast and we'll leave one on on YouTube as well so you can get and check out the, the tool yourself perfect that's I think that's very interesting so Grace have you got anything else to add today I don't think so I think we've covered the basis hopefully we've gotten some thoughts out there and everybody can come to their own conclusion Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We don't always agree, but life's a journey. Godspeed, my friends. Godspeed, Grace. Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins.